Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, you are back deep in the heart of the Southeast in Georgia. The mosquitoes are biting. The- I'm in pain. Yeah, um, it's a good kind of pain, but I do have sweet meat, as they say. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping around, traveling around. And the, but the weather's so nice right now. Like, yeah. I hope I don't jinx it, but it's not sweltering as as we normally say. So um, I'm just gonna keep keep the faith. Yeah, down here. You hear my accent harder on the show this week. Just gonna keep the faith. Gonna keep the faith and bless their hearts. Um, Being here in Orlando, no, is that not acceptable in your? That was horrifying. That was that was almost that. That was if Matt auditioned for Steel Magnolias. If we are if we're doing Steel Magnolias at New World Stages now, you know what it's going to sound like. Well, that w- that was more Savannah, I think. That was more of a Savannah. Huh, welcome accent. to Ben Affleck's uh, recent <laughs> wedding with Jennifer Lopez. Oh lord! Oh, God. Okay. His, his, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say next. Uh, <laughs> my Dolly Parton impression? No, not Dolly Parton. But um, anyway, yeah. So uh, Patreon, just go to Patreon. That's fine. patreoncom Radio. Either way, it's all good. Oh, I was gonna say we're in we're in in Or I'm here in Orlando. It's 93 yeah. degrees, which is actually really Ooh. nice here. Um, it, it's 93, but it you know that's pretty comfortable for us. So. No, that's Satan's taint. I would never. <laughs> I can't do it. And if you don't know what that word means, go to Urban Dictionary. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get into the news. And this is like as if I didn't have enough shows that I have to see. In my upcoming November and December trips, this was already going to be towards the top of the list in my rotation, but now it is moving to the top because yesterday the Public Theater announced casting for its upcoming revival of Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun, directed by the great Tony Award nominee Robert O'Hara. This is actually uh, Hansberry's Public Theater debut Uh, in its 55th season, and this production will begin performances on September 27th, will officially open on October 19th, and will run into uh, November, Sunday, November 6th is its current closing date. I believe that's going to be the weekend that I get there. I wouldn't be surprised if this extends, but if not, I will have a chance to see it, and I'll have to work that into the very Mm. front of my trip just in case. But the cast... Uh, is really fantastic. Starring as Walter Lee Younger is Francois Batiste. Playing his mother, Lena, is the always incredible, like a fixture of my childhood on all my children, Tanya Pinkins, the the great and the always entertaining Tanya Pinkins. Paige Gilbert plays Benita. Mandy Madston plays uh, Ruth. And interesting, I'm going to guess that one of the two young men playing Travis Younger is in some form of relation to Francois Batiste, who's playing Walter Lee, uh, because his name is Toussaint Batiste. So, I mean, maybe that's a coincidence, but I'm guessing not. I think everybody loves A Raisin in the Sun, and it is such an incredibly moving and powerful part of the American theatrical canon that seeing a production at any fantastic uh, you know, theater company is great. But to see it at the public makes it extra special. Directed by Robert O'Hara is great. But mm-hmm. starring Tanya Pinkins as Lena, like, you know there's going to be a lot of fire in that performance. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember when we were covering so much of you know, Red Pill and Tanya and, and even like just me reviewing Carolina Change stuff. Like she's just such a staple that we have missed uh, on Broadway uh, every single year that she's not on it. So um, I'm really, really excited for this production for sure. 
Yeah, I go back to the days when she played, um, was it Olivia? Olivia's name was Olivia Cudahy on All My Children, married to Tom Cudahy. Like that, I grew up watching uh, Tanya Pankins on TV. And then to like, as I started to get into my theater phase to realize, oh, she's actually a musical theater actress doing soap operas, not the other way around. Like that kind of blew my mind and to kind of follow her career through all of its admitted ups and downs and all of the controversies that she's kind of um, been surrounded with because of some of the stances that she's taken and and things that she stood up for that she believed in. Like um, Mm -hmm. she definitely, you know, her career kind of mirrors that in some ways with like Mandy Patinkin, who are like these fierce, ferocious theater performers who are so passionate about what they do and so um and and so passionate about what they believe in that it often comes off and people like mistake that for being you know for lack of a better term um crazy or difficult or hard to work with but they're really just like incredibly passionate and and dedicated performers who believe deeply in what they do can i just say this you can't can i just say tanya tanya you know what tanya was in Holler if you hear me. She was. Uh, a month, a month or plus of, of shows, but dang, did we miss out. Have I seen some kind of taping of that? Maybe. I mean, you might have a connection. You might have a connection to it. But I'm just saying, where's that cast recording? I'm putting that out there right now. Where's that cast recording? Well, speaking of cast recordings that we may or may oh, not yeah. ever get, um, like, yeah. this was not in the show notes, but I will say that the uh, composer of paradise square jason howland has put out some social media things about the fact they have a cast recording that has been recorded but they don't know when or if it's coming out because no one has been paid for the sessions that they've already done obviously all of the lawsuits surrounding garth drabinsky who knows if that ever happens but it is interesting that you've got and this is of course this is not an exhaustive list but between holler if you hear me uh shuffle along Paradise Square, all of these cast albums of shows that are either predominantly or mostly led by, you know, black people and people of color, like they're sitting on the shelves like that has long term ramifications for the availability of those shows to be performed and produced. And it really is a shame. And I'm not saying that there's some sort of of big grand conspiracy across all of these disparate producers, but it really sucks when these shows that could have had lives beyond what they did on Broadway, short-lived runs on Broadway, aren't having that opportunity because cast albums were never put out for whatever various reasons. Yeah, it's. I think that the the whole encapsulation, which I feel like you and I could just rant on for another two hours on a separate note. Um, that's a Patreon exclusive episode. <laughs> um, us on on cast recordings because it, cast recordings have become something different where they used to be archival purposes mm-hmm. and now they're marketing tools in many ways. As you so, know well. As I know very well. And so I think it's just this interesting conversation of like, okay, why, why are we doing a cast recording? Each production is so different on the why. Some of it is to sell preview tickets. Some of it is to generate international buzz. Sometimes it's to, yeah, long term, like you just said, you know, sell the, um, the, the purpose of, of, you know, like licensing the show. Yeah. Um, and, and when it comes to those shows that we've literally just mentioned, Holler, if you hear me, um, the, uh, Paradise Square, all these shorter lived shows that are, predominantly uh, people of color facing like we're kind of at a disservice when we don't have something archival like that so um yeah it's 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 kind of fascinating but i agree with you it's a real it's a real heartache for those musicians involved in artists because they should get paid for their service yeah and they i'm sure want to have that cast album out in the world too yeah and also real last last cast album thing i thought i think we could probably have a really interesting discussion about 
two recent British imports that already had cast albums and went on Broadway. One decided to do another cast album and one, as of now, has decided not to. And that is Six and Company. Six had the original studio cast album that was done with the original um, London cast. Then here in the U.S., they decided to do an opening night um, live album, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Like that's one yeah. of the smartest cast album moves we've seen in a long time. Then mm-hmm. the company revival in London featuring Rosalie Craig did right. their cast album, which was really good. I really enjoy that one. But the only person in that cast that was in the, the Broadway cast was obviously Patti Lapone. But they have, as of now, decided not to capture the Broadway cast, including the Tony winning performance by Matt Doyle and Katrina Link and all of the other people in there, which is really disappointing. But you have to look at the two different reasons why the producers of six want multiple cast albums with different versions and all of those different things to create excitement. While the folks at company didn't think it was necessarily beneficial to have another Broadway uh, cast revival or cast album of a revival of the show with that same production already recorded, just with a different group of people. But it's but for them, most likely, it is the same group of people in their eyes because the biggest draw for that was Patty. And because sure. they had already captured Patty's voice in the same directorial production, I mean, I obviously could argue a million times yeah. that the people in the Broadway production are so incredibly different that it would. But if they did not see a fat return on their London investment for a cast recording, what makes us think that they would invest in another one? I mean, it's... It's hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that they feel like they've captured, and in many ways they have. So I completely understand the both ends of it. Of course, for um, my sentimental reasons, I I definitely want this uh, cast recording, and I think that a lot of people would want it as well. And it would, to me, stream and and, uh, purchase in a way that the London does not. But at the same time, I could totally see producers being like, we captured it, and that's kind of the sentiment. So I do not believe that we will ever get a cast recording of that, just to no. be frank. Yeah. Um, if 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 they were to have maybe uh, captured a live recording similar to Six, I could see that coming out in some kind of like commemorative moment years from now. Maybe if somebody, some investor was just, just like dying to get that out there. But um, I think that that one, yeah, is dead in the water, and it's really sad. Yeah, it's a great case study, like looking at the differences yeah. between those two productions. But yeah. anyway, something that will assuredly have a cast album uh, is the upcoming Broadway production of K-pop, which announced its complete casting on Monday as it starts rehearsals. We already knew a number of the folks in the cast, but in addition to Luna, who is a K-pop idol, what you're, you're already whispering things. What are you whispering? I was saying yes, yes, yes. I'm yes, so yes. excited. Okay. Sorry. So they added more folks to this cast yesterday. So a couple people that I'll start with are, Broadway and musical theater folks that we know already. Eddie Lee, who had previously played Alexander Hamilton in Hamilton. Zachary Noah Pizer, who just finished Mm -hmm. up playing Evan in Dear Evan Hansen. Um, They are in the cast, but the production continued to add actual K-pop stars to the company, including, and you have to help me with these names if I screw these up, um, Bo Hyung, who is formerly of Spica, S-P-I-C-A, and half of the duo Kimbo. Um, Min who is formerly of Miss A, and Kevin Wu, formerly of You Kiss. All of these people are K-pop stars, and I think it's really, really interesting how this show, which is about the 
inner workings and manufacturings of K-pop stars and and how they put these acts together is actually saying, you know what, we didn't have K-pop stars and we did it off Broadway, but now that it's moving to Broadway, we have a little bit more of a platform, a little bit more money probably. Let's go out and get people who actually have lived this life and not only for authenticity in terms of the show, but opens up this show to an audience of the millions of K-pop fans, not only in the United States, but around the world as well. Yeah, and I do want to shout out that, that we can finally talk about my friend Marina Kondo joining the cast because she understudied mm-hmm. one of the leads um, in, in Off-Broadway. No, 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 oh. in the Off-Broadway K-pop. Yeah, um, but she was in Frozen, uh, the tour, oh, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. when I talked about previously, like, when the queen, who normally, the woman that plays normally the queen, um, and I finally got to see, like, a Japanese-American princess on stage mm-hmm. in a Disney show playing Anna, that was Marina, and she is such a ball of light. I think this is, yeah, this is her Broadway debut. She led, Amazing. you know, the, the King and I tour as well. Like, she's just such a star and yeah so i've been sitting on this and, and i'm really excited I, obviously i'm excited to see k-pop everybody knows this i can mm-hmm. shut up <laughs> yeah it's great i can't wait i'm so sad that i missed it off broadway and very excited to have the opportunity to see it as we've talked about before i'm interested to see how they adapt what they did which was a environmental moving you walked around production off broadway to see what they do at circle in the square when it begins performances here uh coming up this fall it begins performances on october 13th and uh, will officially open on november 20th so we will see what happens it's one of the few fall shows that are coming up, by the way, that I am not working on. And I'm just saying, and if anybody wants to give me a call, I have like Bibble and Sip is right there. You can just have it. You know what I mean? Like there are just so many opportunities that I'm like, please, 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 please. So anyways, uh, we, we can't wait to see that one open. We got to manifest that one. Yeah. All right. In other news, yesterday, the world premiere autobiographical one man play written and performed by Academy Award nominated writer, actor and director Douglas McGrath. Uh, It's called Everything's Fine. It announced that it will be playing off-Broadway's DR2, that's the Daryl Roth 2 Theater, um, beginning performances on Wednesday, September 28th, and it is being directed by two-time Tony Award winner and six-time Emmy Award winner, John Lithgow, most recently of FX's The Old Man. Um, Everything's Fine is an alternately funny, touching, and shocking memoir for the stage. That'll begin performances on September 28th. Like, I don't know how much, like, big-name directors matter to, like, the sales of an off-Broadway show, but anytime you put John Lithgow's name along with something, you know, theater-related, like, that seems like that's probably a really good selling point. You know, I've noticed this trend obvi um, with especially solo shows that are written and direct or written and performed by the same person. Yeah. Um, David Kale was kind of a case study in this, uh, where we've talked about, and he's also opening up the Vineyard Theaters um, uh, season this year. Subtle plug. <laughs> They're not paying yeah. me. I just love them. Um, but like, I just want to say that I think that there's this trend of like, look at, you know, uh, Alana Glazer, uh, you know, presents. Um, the uh, play about abortion, um, you know, Alison Levy's play. Like, if you don't have a name attached to either the direction or presents, mm-hmm. most of these shows are are kind of like without luck. So they kind of uh, producers are are definitely steering towards like getting that celebrity name, getting some kind of momentum, whether that's in comedy or in just the dramatic world. And in this case, John Lithgow, who is so respected in the theater, um, that it makes sense that people, the producers are aiming to go, hey, will you come in and act as this person? And I'm sure like 
John Lithgow, like, I'm not trying yeah, to say he, like, he does not He knows what he's doing, but it's, it's very pointed that I have noticed this trend, especially in solo shows off Broadway, that that is the only line of success at this point. I mean, look at Bo Burnham directing, um, Kate Berlin's show at Connolly Theater right now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the formula. So I'm excited for it and I respect it, but also like, you know, getting, yeah, well, in fairness, you remember John Lithgow <laughs> did a one-man show on Broadway with Roundabout Theater Company where it was, what, it was like John Lithgow tells stories or something. I don't remember what it was called. but So he has experience doing a one-person show. That's a show that I think he'd done throughout the years and continued to develop. But, did you? Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, Douglas McGrath, who is the writer and performer of this, you might know him. He co-wrote the Academy Award-nominated screenplay for Bullets Over Broadway. He wrote and directed mm-hmm. Emma, starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Ewan McGregor, and Tony Collette. And he wrote he wrote the book for Beautiful, the Carol King musical. So he's like, his career is pretty significant um, on its own, but definitely getting a name like John Lithgow is exciting. But Let's take a break from the news real quick and talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. I just mentioned I'm coming back to New York, not once, but twice this year. <laughs> and while I'm still a little bit out um, in terms of being able to start purchasing all of my tickets, you know that when I am getting ready to get stuff, Today Ticks will be one of the places where I figure out what I'm going to see and how I'm going to see it. They have amazing prices at a one-stop shop theater ticket space. You can get Broadway, off-Broadway, concerts, cabarets, comedy, everything you can imagine. And it's incredibly easy. You can download the Today Takes app or go to the website. And all you have to do is find what shows you want to do. And you can check out in 30 seconds and get your tickets with ease. So you can book your tickets months in advance if you want to be like Matt. Or if you're like me and you're spontaneous, you can get day of tickets. So they give you exclusive access to pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows, day of discounted tickets. I mean, I'm literally looking at it right now because I know for a fact that my friend Andrew Cooper is going on for Beetlejuice on September 15th. And I can get a ticket right now for $36. That's insane. Like, I'm just so excited by the fact that, like, I can plan for the week out. You know, I can also, like, you can pick your seats right now for Anne Juliet. That's kind of nuts. Oh um, Top Dog Underdog is already there. You can see Titanic because, babies, it is running through November 6th, mm-hmm. and they are selling out. So, there are all these opportunities to kind of just be spontaneous, do it the day of, or be like Matt and be boring and have a spreadsheet and plan. I totally get it. Uh, Today Ticks isn't just for Broadway and London's West End, though. You can also find tickets in cities across the country and around the world, including Chicago, L.A., D.C., San Francisco, Sydney, and more. See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytakes.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Takes purchase. That's promo code Broadway at T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. Todaytakes.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway. All right, Grace, let's run through a few kind of like event uh, news announcements that came out on Monday that I wanted to talk about real quick. Beginning on September 7th, Broadway's play, uh, I think maybe the only play currently running on Broadway, The Kite Runner, has announced that they will add a second mask-required performance every week at the Helen Hayes Theater. In addition to the Friday night performances that were previously announced that we discussed, Wednesday matinees will now also require everybody in the audience to wear masks. 
Then it was also announced yesterday by TDF that for their 11th season of autism-friendly performances, they will have a number of performances across both theater and dance, but the main ones for theater will be The Lion King will be hosting an autism-friendly performance on Sunday, October 2nd at the Menskoff Theater, and then at the Gershwin, Wicked will have an autism-friendly performance on Sunday, February 12th of 2023, and then Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will have one on Sunday, April 3rd. 30th at the Lyric Theater. For more information about that and the, a performance of the Nutcracker by the New York City Ballet, check out the show notes. We will have all of that info there. And then something that I know you and I are both very excited about. Yesterday, it was announced that the second annual Antonio Awards, which are presented by Broadway Black, will happen live and in person on October 10th at the legendary, iconic Apollo Theater in Harlem, which is just so cool to me that this is the second year they've done this. The first time was just online, and now all of a sudden, they are doing it at the Apollo freaking theater, which is amazing. The inaugural performance, inaugural ceremony was presented on Juneteenth of 2020, and it was live streamed, and it was one of the coolest things that we saw all year. The nominations were announced uh, for the Antonio Awards back in June. We talked about them at the time. And uh, of course, we've still got a little bit of time before we know what these are. I don't know if there's going to be a live stream of this like there was last year. That's a little bit harder when you have a big theater like this, but I am so incredibly excited for Andrew Shade, who is the founder of Broadway Black, somebody who I've interviewed here on Broadway Radio once or twice. Um, This is just so cool. I, I could not be more excited about this. Yeah, I, I'm of course excited about it too. Like there, uh, there was the you know uh, a couple what now a month ago I guess they announced the, all the nominees and everything. So I'm excited to have like this uh, the, the big event. You know, um, it's 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 an exciting time. I also love the Apollo. I, and to be able to do it at the Apollo, like that just is so incredibly cool. But uh, anyway, so uh, the one feel good recommendation I have for you is a great article over at Playbill in which um, six is Tony winner for best costume design. Gabriella Slade walks you through kind of like the process of creating the different costumes for each of the the Queens uh, in the show, kind of talking about how you balance not only like something that is vaguely historically representative, not accurate, but something like that, like evokes the, 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 the fashion of the times by also trying to make sure that you get something that is true to the individual characters. I also love that like the alternates don't necessarily always wear the same costume as the queen they're replacing. Like they have a costume Mm -hmm. that is their own and is true to who they are as performers. So um, a really great article in there. I I love six. Um, I'm excited to be able to see it here in Orlando in less than two months uh, with the national tour, but I'm very excited about that. So check that out and get all of that inside info. And I can't wait to see six. Eventually. What what are you gonna <laughs> and, see and first? What are you gonna see first? Six or legally blonde? <gasps> I actually think I'm gonna see legally blonde pro shot before I'm gonna see six. Because yeah. this is I guess my trajectory thing. in life. Yeah. I'll see the six pro shot in six years. <laughs> no, we are going to make sure that you see it before that, whether it's <laughs> over my dead body or something, we're gonna have to make you see it. So oh, uh, so we'll see. Anyway, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>